It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Experts say a man who died two days after receiving a COVID vaccine likely died from a heart attack, not the jab. The marathon subversion case involving 47 democracy campaigners will extend to a fourth day and former leader C.Y. Leung has refused to rule out a return to the top job. A panel of experts says a 63-year-old man likely died of a heart attack on Sunday and his death had no direct link with the Sinovac COVID-19 vaccine that he received two days before his passing. Cecil Wong reports. The expert committee held an emergency meeting to assess the patient's death. Its co-convener, Professor Ivan Hung, told a press conference that they went through the patient's available records, including preliminary results of a post-mortem examination. He said the panel took the unanimous view that there was no direct link between the vaccination and the patient's death, adding that the 63-year-old likely suffered a heart attack, leading to pulmonary edema, which caused breathing problems and then death. Professor Hung noted that the deceased suffered from multiple medical conditions, including high blood pressure, diabetes, and high cholesterol, and he was also a heavy smoker. He said the postmortem revealed that he has severe blockages in three coronary arteries, but a more detailed report will not be available for another week or two. In the meantime, he said the vaccination program should not be affected and elderly people and those in high-risk groups should get inoculated as soon as possible. He had this advice for patients with pre-existing medical conditions. The most important thing is that uh, according to our previous advice, uh, we suggest or advise our, those patients who have got very severe and poorly controlled chronic diseases, they should seek the advice uh, from their family doctors uh, before uh, getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Tens of thousands of people have received the Sinovac vaccine and authorities have started accepting bookings for those who prefer the BioNTech jab. The marathon bail hearing for the 47 pro-democracy figures charged with subversion under the national security law will continue at West Kowloon Court for a fourth day tomorrow with some of the defendants expected to be making additional submissions. Jimmy Choi reports. Chief Magistrate Victor So adjourned the hearing until 10 in the morning after learning that some defendants would like to make additional submissions. Lawyers for all 47 defendants have made their initial arguments for their clients to be freed on bail. Some defence lawyers also asked the court to lift reporting restrictions for the bail hearing, saying journalists had inquired about the matter. The lawyers argued that lifting the restrictions would allow the public to better understand how prosecutors handle national security cases. But the prosecution objected to the request, saying such an arrangement may be unfair to both sides and may obstruct ongoing police investigation. The magistrate said he will continue to listen to supplementary submissions from at least 10 defendants when the hearing resumes. He added that he will also address the defence requests for removing reporting restrictions and may hand down his bail decisions on the same day if time permits. Former Chief Executive C.Y. Leung has opened the door to a possible return to the top job, refusing to rule out seeking a second term in an interview with the Reuters news agency. Priscilla Ng reports. C.Y. Leung is currently in Beijing to attend the annual two sessions parliamentary meetings. In an interview with Reuters, the former CE, who's now the vice chairman of the country's top political advisory body, the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, was asked if he would rule out another run at Hong Kong's top job. I'd do anything to serve Hong Kong well and serve the country. I've not been exactly sitting on my hands in the past three years, Mr. Leung said. 
Pressed on whether he's open to running for chief executive again, he merely listed the position's requirements. A Chinese citizen at least 40 years old who has lived in Hong Kong for more than 20 years. Mr. Leung, who served as chief executive from 2012 to 2017, has been widely tipped as a potential successor to Carrie Lam, whose five-year term ends in June next year. He has maintained a high profile by launching constant attacks on the opposition camp and has been outspoken on a wide range of political issues. Last month, he triggered a heated debate in society by suggesting that Hong Kong's next leader could be selected through local consultation instead of an election. The former leader also launched a campaign last year to name and shame teachers involved in the 2019 anti-government protests, posting their personal details on his Facebook page and calling for them to be fired. He also offered up cash bounties for information on protesters. You're listening to RTHK. The time is now exactly five minutes past 11. A 16-year-old boy has been sent to a detention centre for rioting and throwing a petrol bomb during a protest in 2019. He's the youngest person so far to admit taking part in a riot during the social unrest. Francis Sitt reports. The charges relate to a standoff in Mong Kok on November the 16th, 2019, just before the police siege of Polytechnic University began. District Court Judge Ernest Lin said even though the petrol bomb the students threw didn't hurt anyone, it made the situation more tense, encouraged protesters, and made police enforcement more difficult. He said he believes the student had intended to participate in a riot, as he was wearing black clothes and protective gear similar to other protesters. The judge said he does not rule out that the boy, who was 14 at the time, might have been influenced by academics or politicians into thinking that justice could be achieved by violating the law. But he said people must bear the legal consequences for breaking the law, and the teenager should be held responsible for his actions despite his young age. The judge said a detention center order is an appropriate punishment and gives the student a chance to turn over a new leaf. The period of detention in such centers for offenders under 21 can range from between one to six months, depending on their conduct while in custody. In another protest-related case, the Court of Appeal sent a teenager to a rehabilitation centre for hitting a police officer with a brick last year, after an appeal by the Department of Justice. That story from Timmy Song. 17-year-old Lincoln Chen was originally put on a year of probation after he pleaded guilty to assaulting the officer in Mongkok on January 19, 2020. The officer suffered injuries to his left hand. The protest began with a rally in Cheta Garden in Central to urge the international community to sanction Hong Kong officials found to have undermined human rights. It spread to Hong Kong that evening. A panel of three judges had earlier ruled that the magistrate was wrong to give the defendant a probation order and a custodial sentence was required. The defence lawyer told the court that the conviction has had a strong impact on him and will continue to affect him in future. Judge Derek Pang said attacking a police officer could evolve, escalate to something much larger, but stressed the defendant wasn't being punished for his political stance. Chief High Court Judge Jeremy Poon said medical reports suggested the teenager was unfit to spend time at a detention centre, but would be mentally and physically fit to stay at a rehab facility. Mr. Poon said he had read a letter written by the defendant expressing remorse and asking the court not to impose a stiffer sentence. But he said the court had already set aside the probation order and the judges were of the view that a rehabilitation order is the most suitable punishment. He said the court will give his full reasons in writing on Friday next week. 
The High Court has granted permission to Southern District Council Chairman Lokin Hay to legally challenge a decision by the Council's Secretary last year when she failed to facilitate a Council discussion about the police. Richard Pine reports. The proposed item for discussion concerned how the Southern Police District handled cases involving mentally incapacitated persons. This followed a suspected case of assault and criminal damage within the district in Tinwan in early June 2020, which involved a mentally incapacitated person, and raised concerns about how such cases are handled by frontline officers. However, the council's secretary, a public officer within the Southern District Office of the Home Affairs Department, said she didn't think the item should be discussed. That's because it concerned cases handled by the Hong Kong police force rather than a matter concerning Southern District at the district level. Southern District Council Chairman Lo Kin Hei approved the item regardless as it affected the well-being of people in the district and policing is a public service within the district. Nonetheless, the secretary didn't circulate papers or set aside time for the discussion at the July 2nd meeting. When the item came up, she and other government officials left the room. Court of First Instance Judge Anderson Chow said that, assuming the matters proposed to be discussed do fall within the ambit of the District Council, it would be reasonably arguable that the Council Secretary had acted unlawfully and in breach of her duties. In granting leave, he said Mr Lowe's judicial review has a realistic prospect of success. A catering sector representative says it'll be difficult for small restaurants to have dedicated staff to clear tables. Simon Wong says they just don't have the manpower to comply with the new anti-epidemic rule, as Wendy Wong reports. Some medical experts believe the arrangement is needed to prevent cross-infections of COVID-19. But the president of the Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades told an RTHK program that many eateries just can't afford to do that during these lean times. Consider that some small restaurants, there are only a couple frontline people working in the premises. They have to do a lot of work, including taking orders, checking people if they use their apps, and also record the customers who come to dine at the restaurant. You know, all this kind of job, all these small restaurants actually are also in a very difficult time due to the pandemic. You know, they have lost a lot of business and there's no way that they can employ more people. The government introduced a new requirement for eateries as its extended social distancing rules for two weeks to March the 17th. It said if restaurants can't arrange dedicated staff to clear used utensils and disinfect tables, staff must clean their hands or change the gloves every time they switch to different duties. Mr Wong also urged the government to subsidise restaurants to buy air filters to improve ventilation after experts believe bad ventilation might be the cause of an outbreak at Mr Ming's Chinese Dining in Chim Sa Chui. The Tourism Board says it's planning to offer tens of thousands of free Hong Kong tours and discounted hotel stays for people who spend at least $800 at local shops. But it hasn't set a date yet for the giveaway, saying that would depend on when COVID-19 comes under control. Priscilla Ng reports. The Tourism Board launched a similar program at the end of last year, giving away 10,000 free local tours within a week. The goal is to encourage more local consumption. And this time around, they're adding an alternative treat to anyone who spends upwards of $800 at local shops. The board's executive director, Dane Cheng, said shoppers would be given a choice of a free tour to local attractions or a $500 discount to stay at a partner hotel. We want to boost the local consumption uh, in the economy, and then we want to redeem or award them with some kind of prices. 
other than tour packages organized or operated by tour operators, travel agents? Is there anything else that are relevant and related to the travel industry? And naturally, the hotel sectors is some, you know, somebody that we think the Hong Kong residents would very much like to enjoy. 20,000 free tours and the same number of hotel discounts will be given out. He says 200 travel agencies and 140 hotels have already applied to take part in the scheme. Retail sales in Hong Kong plunged by 13.6% in January over the same period last year, but officials say the reading is likely skewed by the timing of the Lunar New Year. Consumer spending has declined for 24 consecutive months. A private survey suggests the mainland services sector expanded at its slowest pace in 10 months in February, prompting firms to cut jobs as they struggle with sluggish demand and high costs. The Kaishin Market Services Purchasing Managers Index fell to 51.5 last month, the lowest level since April last year. Despite the drop, the figure remains above the 50-point mark, indicating growth. Reports say at least 11 people have been killed in Myanmar in a series of bloody clashes between the security forces and demonstrators seeking the restoration of their elected government. This report from the BBC's Jonathan Head. The many calls for restraint from Myanmar's neighbours and other countries have been ignored by the military authorities. The security forces opened fire on large crowds of protesters in the cities of Mandalay and Monowa. The high proportion of head and chest wounds on those who died suggests that the troops and police were shooting to kill. At least two of the victims are believed to have been teenage children. The police also rounded up large numbers of residents in at least one neighbourhood of Yangon, lining them up with their hands on their heads and taking them away in trucks. Some videos showed the police savagely beating those they detained. The international auditing giant Deloitte has agreed to pay 80 million US dollars to the Malaysian government to settle claims relating to its involvement in the 1MDB scandal, in which more than 4 billion US dollars went missing from the country's state investment fund. Malaysia's former Prime Minister Najib Razak is on trial for his involvement in the fund. Here's the BBC's Celia Hatton. The 1MDB fund was first promoted as a bold way for public money to be used to boost private investments, promising a brighter Malaysia. Finance officials say they're still actively pursuing individuals, too. Malaysia's former Prime Minister, Najib Razak, is on trial for his role in siphoning off billions from the scheme, while an international arrest warrant is in place for the former playboy financier known as Jolo, who was also accused of living a life of luxury after pilfering billions from 1MDB. A reminder of our top stories tonight, experts say a man who died two days after receiving a COVID vaccine likely died from a heart attack, not the jab. The marathon subversion case involving 47 pro-democracy campaigners will extend to a fourth day and former leader C.Y. Leung has refused to rule out a return to the top job. The news from RTHK. In our newsroom is Todd Harding. He'll be back with more headlines at midnight. Late night. Into this hour with something a bit more up to date, the Lighthouse family. Silence when I thought I saw your face. It happens all the time now, it's how I feel my empty days. The dark days are coming, 
bit of a fusion radio show for uh, this evening. I'm Kevin Lewis. If you're joining us on FM in stereo all the way across Hong Kong, a very good evening to you. Uh, Kevin Lewis here, uh, looking after things for Uncle Ray Cadero. Uh, continues to take some time off. He will be 